What's going on, everyone? We're back for another episode of TV Channeling, and I'm so excited, as I always am, because we have a great show lined up for you today, as we always do, don't we, my friend? Yes, we do. We are doing episode 14. Episode 14. Who would have thought that we would have made it to episode 14, but I'm looking forward to many, many more. Let me introduce myself. My name is Tachi. And I'm Kevin. And as Kevin said, this is TV Channeling. This is the show where we talk all about TV, film, entertainment, news, and so on and so forth. So, shall we get started? Yeah, let's get started. What is happening in the news this week, Tachi? Okay, so unfortunately, I thought we were going to get away with having a week where there are no rest wells. And oh, come on. The- Exactly, exactly. That's what I said. I was like, come on, universe. But unfortunately, just today, we lost Don Rickles, the legendary comic actor and honorary Rat Pack member. Do you remember Don Rickles? What? Stop taking our stars. I know, I know. It's it's really, really sad. He was such a great talent. He he was wonderful. And, you know, he's one of those, he was like George Burns, you know, that he was never going to pass away. You just thought he was going to be here forever. But he well, was the, 90 the, years old. The last time I saw him, he was on Jimmy Kimmel, I'd say, sometime last year. Exactly, exactly. He was stuff, still uh, up and around and kicking, and so... When you when stars leave like this, it's um it's really sad. But he was ninety years old. Wow. I thought he was a little bit older, but no, he was ninety. He died this morning at his home in Los Angeles from kidney failure, according to his longtime publicist. And we probably know him best. We've seen him at roasts all the time, right? So he's known best as an insult comic. But he's also an actor. He was also an actor. He played both comedic and dramatic roles on film. He was always a guest on The Tonight Show starring Johnny Carson. If you remember, if you saw old reruns of that, I know you weren't really like around to remember that but if you saw old reruns of that and he was also on the late show with david letterman uh frequently now more recently he was the voice of mr potato head in the toy story franchise i didn't know that oh yeah oh yeah i did know that he was the voice of uh, mr potato head and um he was doing that recently because um his voice was in a lay's potato chip commercial as mr potato head which is that's right kind of sick and twisted whoever came up with that ad that's right that's right he was actually working on toys toy story 4 as you know at the time of his death so he was still working you know so he's a New Yorker, born in Queens, New York, and he, he's been in show business for decades. That's what, you know, when people say show business, that, that's show business. Yeah, he's, he, he's definitely old school showbiz. Absolutely, absolutely. He worked at stand-up comedy clubs in New York, Miami, and L.A. after being frustrated by a lack of acting work. So he started with acting and kind of comedy, you know, was what got him through and became known, as I said, as an insult comedian when he responded to the hecklers. That must have been hilarious. 
<laughs> so the audience actually really enjoyed his insults more than they did the prepared material. And so he just incorporated the insults into his act. He made his acting debut or his film acting debut in 1958 in Run Silent, Run Deep with Clark Gable and Burt Lancaster. And he often appeared on television sitcoms throughout the 60s, like Get Smart and Run for Your Life. And he will, he was a great talent that will really be missed. So rest well, Don Rickles. Yeah, he will be missed. And he's probably calling someone a hockey puck in the sky right now. <laughs> exactly. And, and like I said, I thought we were going to be able to get away one week where we don't have anybody we have to bid well to. But we bid you well, Don Rickles. So speaking of comedy... Comedy Central has finally announced a new companion uh, series for The Daily Show with Trevor Noah, but they haven't found a host yet. Okay, Jordan Klepper. What is the companion series? Okay, well, it's they they haven't really said exactly what it is, but they um they've announced the 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 new companion series, but they haven't really said exactly. Did they even give it a name? Um. Let's no, not really. Okay, what did they uh, announce exactly? <laughs> that they have a companion series. <laughs> they have a companion series that uh, that doesn't have a name, doesn't have a host, and doesn't have any kind of description. Now, see, this is this is this is where I'm trying to figure it out. There is another show that I'm going to talk about um, that. I don't know that this is the companion show. They've announced a companion show, but I don't think it's this one I'm about to talk about. So anyway, I'm like, yeah, I don't get it. But they that's that's the interesting thing. I'm like, how do you have a companion series that it's not, there's no name to it. So anyway, there's another show that they are teasing as well called The President Show. Have you heard about this? Oh, God, I heard a little bit about it and, and tried to tune it out. Go ahead and <laughs> share it with the rest of the people. I'll just take my headphones off right now. Take them off. Uh, so the President Show, or as we would call it, Voldemort the Sequel, is actually a new addition to their late night lineup. And it's um, it's actually going to be, it was created and it's going to be starring popular Donald Trump impersonator. I don't know how to say his last name correctly, so please forgive me. It's Anthony Atamunic, I think. So Anthony Atamunic, and it's executive produced by Adam Pally from Making History, and it's going to feature Atamunic hosting the U.S. as Voldemort, as we call him, with Peter Gross as his sidekick, Vice President, him. You know who he is. I'm not going to say. So okay, it's going see, to... <laughs> I thought that this was the companion show for The Daily Show. Well, see, that's that's what I'm thinking, but the way they're making it seem is like there's something else. I don't know. Comedy Central, I need you to be clearer, <laughs> basically. So I, I'm guessing this is the companion show, but they weren't very clear. The way they, they made it seem was like there's another show. I don't know. Like there's two shows, but let's talk about this one because they're kind of unclear. So... The this is going to be a weekly topical series and it's going to air on Thursdays. Um, yeah, after after the Daily Show, starting April twenty seventh at eleven thirty p.m. So when they say companion show, that doesn't always mean that they're going to be a lead into another show. You know what I'm saying? Sometimes that means there's another show that's coupled with that, and so that's why I'm saying they're not clear as to whether there's another show that's going to be coupled with The Daily Show, or that this, they mean companion show, meaning it follows 
the companion show. You get what I mean? Well, see, I I would have thought when I heard a companion show that it would be another show that would be on four days a week that would uh, air after uh, the Daily Show, just like the Colbert uh, Report did and uh, the Larry Wilmore show. Uh, but now that you're saying that this uh, new Voldemort-themed show is only going to be on once a week, it makes me wonder, are they going to have another show that's going to be on, say, the three days a week? That that's that's what I'm that's what I'm wondering. So, um, of course, you know they canceled the nightly show with Larry Wilmore, and so I guess they're just trying to fill slots now. But it seems like this is only going to be on once a week, which is why I was like, well, is, is this really a companion show? I'm confused. So, Comedy Central, please let us know exactly what's going on so that we have a clear idea. But what I do know is that the President Show is going to be on starting uh, Thursday. This next, actually, next two Thursdays. The April 27th, following The Daily Show with Trevor Noah. And also, uh, Comedy Central, if you're listening to this, uh, Tachi and I are available to fill that uh, those other three days a week. Y- you know what? I like the way you think, Brother Kevin. Thank you for putting that out there. Thank yeah, you. People, yeah, people need a break from Voldemort. The idea that they're going to be watching, uh, basically... Voldemort takes up all the oxygen on The Daily Show. In fact, The Daily Show will not be saying another name other than Voldemort until at least in the next four years are over. At the very, if that's if we're incredibly lucky and actually uh, muster up some kind of uh, national brain. Uh, so the idea that they need a companion thing where we're having a parody version of him. I don't know about other people, but the idea, its to me, it's the same thing with the Alec Baldwin thing. It's not funny now. There was a time when the parodies were hilarious, and I was laughing along with everyone else. But the idea that we're going to watch a parody uh, of what's happening to us right now is just to me makes absolutely no sense when we're like keeping our fingers crossed every day to make sure that we haven't been blown up. Exactly. And it's not funny because ish just got real. So, you know, when you have, it's way too real and, and there are, there are real things at stake. So it's a little difficult to laugh when, and I was, I said, I was going to show this, uh, share this last night on Mediascope. One of my viewers called him the orange, the tangerine Mugabe. I died laughing (laughs) for like 12 minutes. So, um, you know, when the Tangerine Mugabe has just made things really real, it's a little difficult to laugh at that. So it's going to be interesting to see whether people have the stomach for this new whether it's a companion series or just another series, we shall see. Well, exactly. And I do think that if they had like a palate cleanser, like, I don't know, a three day a week uh, edition of TV channeling, then that might pave the way for people to be able to watch that show. That's just a, that's, that's just some speculation on my part that's completely unbiased. Uh, yes, because Kevin is completely unbiased as a host of TV channeling anyway. Let's move on to the next uh, piece of news. You, we already talked. I think we talked a little bit about the uh, the strike, did we not? The uh, yeah, writers we talked about Guild the potential for strike, a writer strike. Potential, correct. So, in an email to members this past Monday, the Writers Guild announced dates for member meetings and balloting on a strike authorization vote. Okay, so here we are. Stuff is getting to be real now. So there's the there was the possibility when we talked about it last time. Now they're setting dates 
for a vote. So this still does not mean that a strike will happen, but there is the potential because now it's going to vote. So yeah, it's going to be interesting. So they're uh, expecting a week of further talks starting next Monday, April 10th, and running through April 14th. The following week, there are going to be member meetings in L.A. on the 18th and 19th, and in New York on the 19th. And the strike authorization vote will start on April 19th and conclude on the 24th. So we will know after the 24th whether or not they're going to authorize a strike. Yeah, that strike could basically completely shut down so many shows um, if it actually happens and uh, the fall season could be in jeopardy. Well, that's why reality TV is about to be another big thing. They've been waiting on another hit to kind of conquer the reality TV world. And as I told you, remember last week we talked about a new reality dance competition coming up called World of Dance with J-Lo and you lambasted, um, what's his name? You lambasted him. Yes, I lambasted I, the person that you actually said that who you're actually listening to their current day hits, even though they can't be named. Um, and now you can't even remember this person's name who you're such a big fan of. I, didn't I know say his look. name and I can mention it right now. In fact, I will just to make fun of you. Neo. That's right. Neo. So Neo is is one of the judges and this has nothing to do with his singing ability. It's a dance competition and he can actually dance. So just saying, just saying. Yeah, just saying anyway, you didn't even know what his name was. So that just, yes. Uh-huh. I will try to remember his name. Yeah, no, you can't remember his name and no one else can. I only remember it because I was so true. stunned when you acted as if this was a, that, that this was a get to have him be a judge on this dancing competition show. Because he couldn't dance. It has nothing to do with his singing ability, whether he's charted or whatever. It's just that Chris Brown is probably is off of his rocker and probably on the verge of going to prison. So they can't ask him because Chris Brown can actually dance to when it comes to uh, quote unquote street or hip hop. Okay, I'm going to just pretend that you didn't even mi- <laughs> I'm just, I'm just gonna pretend that you didn't even mention that. I'm, I'm just saying I'm just saying are we not telling the truth here? I'm, I'm just saying so Neo can actually dance people despite what kevin or what's his name says so (laughs) unless he's going to be on a show about hat modeling i have no idea why there anyone would put him on a television show didn't i just explain so you're not listening he can dance yeah but there are other people who can dance who people have actually heard of so why would you choose him name them like who kevin just don't you dare try to come at me and challenge me with name somebody you couldn't even name the person that we're talking about right now it was up to me I, to name them i forgot his name for one quick second yet i will be crucified for the rest of this episode now since you're naming in the habit of naming people who else do you think would be an an apt fit for you know World what what about get channing tatum get him to host we know he can dance um yeah, uh-huh. Shut you down. Uh, people would turn in to see Channing Tatum uh, no, be a judge over Neo any down. day. And they would remember his actual down. name. You didn't know. Now, see, it would have taken me a while to remember him, too. I didn't even think about that because all you think about is Magic Mike. Mike. Not stripper dance. We no, need no, no. Uh, Channing Tatum actually danced in um, 
God, what thing of that movie? It was he, that it was like name uh, was uh, nominated for an Oscar this year. He uh, uh, was dancing in a movie where he got nominated. The, the movie was nominated for an Oscar. Give me a second. Give me a second. It's in there. Uh, Hail Caesar. Okay. Channing Tatum was dancing in Hail Caesar, and he danced, you know, Fred Astaire, uh, Gene Kelly style. And um, that movie was nominated for an Oscar. So he's a real dancer. He's a trained dancer. Because of dancer. Channing Tatum. Because of Channing Tatum. Again, I st- if we're talking about people that are going to actually be draws, Tachi... I think if we're going to basically try and draw a crowd, are you going to say, and here's Channing Tatum? Are you going to say, here's, oh, wait, what's that guy's name? What's that guy's name who always wears a hat? Thinks he he's fooling us from knowing Neo, that he's actually bald? Look, what's that guy's name who used to sing? You have a draw. You used to have a hit a while ago. Who was that person who Tachi couldn't even remember his name? No, you have what's a draw. You have J-Lo. You have J-Lo. She's the draw. She's the draw. Okay, and well, Tati, I, no, Tachi, that's not true. If if that were the case, if Jayla was just the draw, then you could have an actual expert in dance and not have some guy who had a hit back in two thousand, uh, you know, be a uh, be a co judge. Get a real actual trained dancer uh to be a co uh a co-judge and just let JLo be the name no the point was to have a series of people who we actually would know unfortunately neo is basic barely on the cusp of being known again you could not name the man to save your life <sighs> here we go you're trying to draw in all sorts of audiences. And this will be my last thing on this. You, this, We're trying to draw in all sorts of audiences. Neo will draw from a different segment than Jennifer Lopez will. And I can't remember the other judge, but I believe the other judge is a a dancer, like a, a dance, not a dance competition expert, but is like that expert dancer. So it's the same thing when you think, okay, you looked at So You Think You Can Dance. You had Nigel, I don't remember his last name, but Barker. he's the, uh, Barker. Why, why was I, Nigel from uh, America's Next Top Model, why was I thinking his last name was Barker? I don't know. But there, anyway, there are a lot I'm, of British uh, <laughs> judges of reality shows named Nigel. I could be Nigel. wrong. Nigel, Nigel Barker might actually be from America's Next Top Model. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Nigel is a Nigel is a popular name, so we'll we'll just call him Nigel. So that I, don't, I think Nigel, Nigel Lithgow. Who is that? I think that's the judge, isn't it? Nigel Lithgow is the the judge from So You Think You Can Dance. I think we'll just call him Nigel. So he's the dance expert, more so. So then you have these other people, like they had Jason Derulo. He's he's a he's a he's a great dancer, and he's good in terms of street style. Yeah, the but fact the, that the he can sing is, has nothing to do with it. The difference is Jason Derulo is actually you know I'm not a fan of Jason Derulo, but I can't deny the fact that the man is still cranking out hits. Yeah, that has nothing to do with it though. Yes, it does. Okay, well, so so he's the one talent that everybody would know on there. Everybody else that was on there, people didn't know. So if you're using that talent, that draw argument, J Lo is the draw for that. If you're using that argument, 
Yeah, but but you were saying that basically that Neo was supposed to bring in some audience. I mean, I I agree with you. He will bring in a different audience than J Lo. He will bring in Hall of his family. His I'm sure his parents will be watching. You so are so he wrong. can guarantee they're so going to watch. No, he will bring in people interested in street dance. You are so wrong and evil. I don't know where this is coming from today. <laughs> just okay, awful. well let's you know what? Let's just move on because we're never going to agree on the fact. Not only were you not not going to agree on Neo, some of us won't even remember his name anyway moving on from this uh callous individual on the other end of the microphone let's talk about i should i should just skip over this but since this is your favorite we're gonna talk about it Uh, yes hbo's big little lies because i know you like big little lies they had a really strong finish to extended streak to three consecutive weeks of new series highs with the finale did you watch the finale oh god yes and it was incredible really it was was really really good what what made it so incredible? I just just well, basically, it was a it, the the whole show was like a it wasn't just a murder mystery. It was a who done it and who done it too. We knew uh, uh, through a series of uh, of uh, flash forwards that someone had been murdered, <coughs> and there's a question is who was murdered and who were they murdered by? So we see the events that unfold in this community. Uh, a series of dominoes start falling because there's an incident at an elementary school in uh, uh, a class of first graders. Uh, one of the first graders uh, claims that she was attacked by one of the students. She points out a little boy and says that he strangled her. And it's it basically is the first domino to fall. And it is just an incredible show, an absolutely incredible show. The performance is being put in by the likes of Nicole Kidman and Reese Witherspoon were just off the charts. It was an incredible show. I am hoping, hoping and praying that the show comes back for a season two because it was based on a novel. So the all of the story was actually told in the novel. Reese Witherspoon actually got on Twitter after the uh, finale, uh, basically imploring fans of the show to uh, write to the writer of the uh, actual book so that she would actually write more material so they could actually do another season of the show. Oh, wow. How cool. Well, okay, so this explains the ratings then. The, yeah, uh, the last it, episode... it, it was doing well for a reason. It really was, Tachi. And it, it, once it if it uh, ends up on Netflix or something, you're going to have to check it out. And it's such an easy commitment because it's I think it's like eight episodes. Uh, and each episode is around 45 to 50 minutes long. But I'm telling you, oh. if you had the chance to binge watch it, you would kill it off on a weekend. It's that good. Okay, well, I'm going to take your word for it. And when it does come out on Netflix or wherever it's going to be, I will check it out. So this explains the ratings. The uh, The last episode drew, because it was a limited series, you're right. It drew 1.9 million viewers for the 9 p.m. premiere telecast which was up from 1.4 million last Sunday. And they drew 2.5 million viewers for the night. Both new high marks for the, both of them are new high marks for this drama. So these strong ratings and the strong finish, plus the strong social media presence, everybody's tweeting and talking about it, has really raised questions about the potential for a second installment, or as you said, a season Two. So there's no plans right now for a second season of it. But HBO said 
that is going to leave the door open if the creative team behind the series comes up with an idea to extend the franchise. Well, what's incredible is uh, uh, one of the executive producers uh, is, or actually two of the executive producers, one is Reese Witherspoon and one is Nicole Kidman. And um, when you actually see the show, it's like, no, I can see why they basically got on board and uh, like, you know, owned a piece of this property because it was stellar television. It really was. So I, they've got to find a way to bring it back uh, for another season. Oh, thank have anything to say about it i'm sure they will so let's talk some more tv tidbits shall we so usa let's talk about some renewals and such usa network is renewing falling water have you ever watched falling water no i don't even know what falling water is about nor did i it's apparently about it's a drama like a supernatural drama and they've tapped remy uh abushan from falling skies to take over as the showrunner uh, and the reason you probably didn't know is because the ratings for season one were soft. So, I don't know. They've renewed it, and we'll see if, with a new showrunner, if they're able to do anything with it. Yeah, and CBS, apparently they have a big hired a showrunner who specializes in running shows that have the word fall in the title. Exactly. Exactly. So, thus, it cannot fail. I love the logic they use in Hollywood. Okay. <laughs> CBS's Law & Order SVU is casting. NBC's. There's a Roger... Uh, sorry, NBC's. Well, they're saying they said CBS. Is there has there been a change? Is it, wait a minute, are, that can't okay? That show has been on NBC since you know God was wearing short pants. So, are you saying it's moving to CBS? I I'm just saying they they this could have been a mistake, but I think they it's a said, mistake. I think it is a mistake, but you know what? Don't be surprised if something pops up. So NBC's Law and Order SVU is casting, they're doing an episode on Roger Ailes. They're like, a, you know, it's not really on him, but it's really, can, uh, it's similar situation. We, yeah, no, we, we we get what they do. It's ripped from the headlines and it's, oh, it's going to be a, uh, the head of a conservative uh, uh, news network who's sexually harassing people and ends up getting murdered or murders one of the accusers or something. But we're not saying who this is about. Exactly right. So Bonnie Somerville, Christopher McDonald, and Mark Moses are going to headline the episode. And of course, it will be about a female news anchor who accuses her boss of rape. Wow, I wonder who that's and we about. Probably only, I know. We probably only see her at the beginning of the episode, too. So <laughs> let's go on. Dr. Phil is expanding his daytime empire. Yay for people who love Dr. Phil. He's teaming up with the Daily Mail, you know, that's a British uh, newspaper, and CBS Television Distribution to launch a new syndicated news magazine series that's based on Daily Mail and is coming this fall. I thought he was a therapist. Oh my God, no, Dr. Phil has his hands in many, many uh, honeypots. Um that there's a show, a primetime nice. show that's okay. actually supposed to be based on him on CBS uh, called, um, I'm not sure what the title of it is, but it's supposed to be based on his career, uh, you know, where Oprah, when Oprah uh, discovered him uh, as a person who helps, uh, like, you know, helps an attorney figure out what a jury is thinking. Ah, that's interesting. I'm not necessarily you sound really interested. interested. All right, let's move I'm on. Let's <laughs> yes, move Dr. on. Yes, yes, Dr. Phil has a lot going on. 
Exactly. I basically like, hated it. Let's move on. Okay, Avatar 2 is finally going to begin shooting this fall. This latest timetable has come from Sigourney Weaver, who said that they're trying to get it done as quickly as possible. Um, and the scripts from all four planned sequels have already been completed. So if you're an Avatar fan, yeah, they're getting ready to start shooting Avatar 2. Yeah, I love how they're like, as quickly as possible. It's been like over a decade, right? Since the first Avatar came out. It has, right? They've been taking their time. It has, because remember, that's when three... I remember I went to NAB in uh, Vegas, and Avatar had just come out. This had to be like 2000, so it's less than that. It's like seven years. So Avatar had just come out, and all you saw on the show floor were 3D cameras. And if you've ever seen a 3D camera, all it is is it's basically like two cameras put together. And 3D works by mimicking what your right eye sees and your left eye sees. So that's why they just put two cameras together and that's why you get that 3D image. So yeah, it's been about seven years and that was all the rage. I was like, ooh, 3D, Avatar. Well, whatever. Now VR is about to become the thing. But anyway, if you cared, Avatar 2 is going to shoot soon. And it will probably premiere in 2025. Well, I just can't. I, I'm, I'm actually more interested in how they're working Sigourney Weaver uh, into the, into this next uh, movie because um, she was she very die? much dead at the end of Avatar 1. Yes. But it is science fiction, so anything's possible. It, it is. It is. Never say never and never just assume that anybody is gone. So, Oh, sorry for the spoiler for those people who haven't seen a movie that's over, like like seven or eight years old. You know what? Shut it up. Maybe somebody <laughs> has it. Maybe somebody has it, Kevin. And you're That's spoiling. why I said sorry for the spoiler. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, so this is this is actually really good. If you if you remember, I don't think I talked about this, but Jay Z has partnered with the Weinstein Company uh, for a couple of projects. They just did one called the Khalif Browder story, which was on TV One, which uh, was. All about Khalif Browder, the 16-year-old from New York that was uh, imprisoned at Rikers Island for allegedly like something like stealing a backpack. A backpack. And, oh, my God. That is yeah. such an incredibly tragic story. It, it's a tragic story because he ended up committing suicide because the... You know, to be on the inside is no joke. And as a 16-year-old, especially when you didn't do it, and he maintained his innocence all along, but it was just too much for him. And he just ended up uh, committing suicide. So they teamed, the Weinstein Company and Jay-Z teamed up to tell the, the Khalif Browner story. And they're teaming up for another really important story. It seems that they're really doing into these social justice issues. They're doing uh, Rest in Power, the Trayvon Martin story, based on the life and legacy of Trayvon martin and i don't know who wouldn't know who trayvon martin is but he was the teenager who was uh killed in sanford florida by george zimmerman uh when he was walking home from the store so we won't go into the whole story with that but it is a very important story and that's the thing that uh called a lot of things into question like florida stand your ground law the whole thing of police brutality it really called all of this into question so it's going to be a six-part documentary uh, uh excuse me a six-part documentary series to one of two Trayvon Martin projects that Jay-Z and Wiseside are doing because they're also doing a documentary on this as well so there's going to be the series and then there's going to be a documentary where is the series going so, to air uh Paramount Network 
Wow. Do you have the Paramount Network? I do not. Uh, well, you know what? Paramount Network, Spike is going to be relaunched in 2018 as the Paramount Network. So oh, if you have Spike, you, you know will what? have the Paramount Network. I do have the Paramount Network, or I'm going to have the Paramount okay. Network because I do have You're Spike have TV. It. Exactly. So they're relaunching as the Paramount Network, and that's where it will air. It's sad and unfortunate, but it's really important to talk about. So I'm glad that they're teaming up to do oh, that. Oh, yeah. No, I'm really glad to hear that this is going to be happening. Okay, so two more pieces of news because we want to keep it moving. Coachella. Have you ever been to Coachella? No, I have not been to Coachella. Are you ever going to Coachella? Um, am I going to go stand out in the middle of the desert in the blazing hot sun and try not to die of heat stroke to listen to some indie acts? Um, that no. would be a no. <laughs> that would be no. a no. As soon as you started giving me your dissertation of reasons, <laughs> I knew that was a no. <laughs> well, you don't have to stand out in the hot sun to hear indie bands and look uh, look bohemian because for the fourth year, YouTube is going to do an exclusive stream of the music festival Coachella. They are the exclusive streaming partner. And so it's going to be available on the Coachella YouTube channel from April 14th to 16th. So this year, who's going to be there? Lady Gaga, Kendrick Lamar, Radiohead, Lord, Bon Iver, The XX, Future, Schoolboy Q, Two Door Cinema Club, New Order, and Gucci Mane. Now there was talk uh, Beyonce is supposed to be there, but you know she's super pregnant, so oh, yeah. probably you know not. If Beyonce appears there, I will be singing backup for her. So, But it is good to know that uh, with it being available on YouTube, I can basically hang out at my own house, watch it, and charge myself $15 for a bottle of water. You could thank you. You could charge your own. <laughs> you could charge yourself fifteen dollars for a bottle of water and probably seventy five for a package of corn nuts or whatever the hell they eat there. And you could wear all your bohemian organic gear corn and nuts. organic corn nuts exactly. And you could not shower or, or do whatever. I don't know what they do. I don't know. I think I'm confusing Coachella with Burning Man now. Yeah, anyway, <laughs> basically, they're very, very similar, and no joke, they are. They're, they're very similar. Yeah, no, Burning Man is basically like for older hippies, and Coachella is like the younger version, I guess. Well, Coachella you has like art way? installations as well, so it's out in the middle. It's in okay. Let's see what do they have in common. They're both held in godforsaken deserts in yes. the hottest time of the year, and yes. there are music acts performing outside. There are people selling water for a king's ransom. Yeah, they're pretty much the same event. Why? Who? Who? Let me just say this. I am not compelled to go out in the middle of the desert at the hottest time of the year and risk heat stroke to see anybody. I. What is the draw? I, it truly is about the idea that it's a happening. And, and now what's even sadder to me is like older celebrities feel like you they have to be seen there make an appearance and just show up and i mean when and again no disrespect i love taylor swift but when taylor swift has to be seen there look you guys i have edgy hair just for coachella just no all right no no she but taylor swift is that girl she's the type of person that always has to be seen and always has to be heard she can't just be well you know like, what? She would i'll be, be seeing her one. on youtube 
That's like, yeah, I'm not, there you go. I'm not gonna pay. You I'm, go. I'm not gonna pay for the privilege to stand out in the in the a thousand degree heat, uh, to uh, you know, stand a hundred a hundred and fifty feet away from some van, and uh, be charged like a, a skillion dollars for uh, water or anything else. No thanks. I'd like to have a skillion dollars. <laughs> well, Let's thanks to on. YouTube, we'll be comfortably <laughs> watching it at home. Ah. Exactly. And you know what? You can turn on your heater if you really want to feel like you're in the desert. <laughs> if you really have that desire to be with the, the cool folks. Anyway, so last thing. We talked about Will and Grace coming back, but we did not talk about, because this is a new development, NBC has ordered two additional episodes of Will and Grace. So they're confirming that the series order is 12 episodes rather than 10 wow yeah so we get two additional episodes of course you would still going to be shot in the same way it's a multi-camera sitcom sitcom it was supposed to be 10 now it is 12 it's it's a limited series though we'll see but it's a limited series okay can we talk about this joke of this terminology limited series limited series means it's limited to a certain number of episodes unless people watch it and then it's going to be limited to a second season and limited to a third season it's it's like the beta version of any app you know when you have the beta version, you never have to fix anything that's wrong because you can still keep claiming, oh, it's in beta. That's what limited series is, basically. You never really have to be committed to having additional episodes because if it tags, oh, well, it was just a limited series. If it does well, then you're going to try like hell to make sure that it, it gets on air. But yeah, this is this is basically the beta version, the limited beta version. All right. So I guess that's the the end of the news. Yeah, you were mighty quiet there. Okay, so that's the end of the <laughs> So, So at this point, we move over to what we're watching. And Kevin is actually going to talk about what we're... Well, give them a little bit of background of how we do it, because as you always Okay, basically, do. we go from week to week, where one of us talks about a show that we're currently watching. And uh, last week was Tachi's turn, and this week it's my turn. But we're short on time, so I'm not going to go into too much depth, but I am going to tell you... What I'm watching and super passionate about right now is FX's uh, feud uh, created by the never the man that never stops typing, Ryan Murphy. <laughs> um, <laughs> this uh, <laughs> this season of feud is uh, focused on uh, 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 Betty Davis and Joan Crawford and their feud, and it takes place during the time of them making the movie whatever happened to baby Jane and uh, Jessica Lange plays Joan Crawford and Susan Sarandon is pretty much uh, I think she's been possessed by Betty Davis. She's not playing her. She's basically letting Betty Davis like, you know, her spirit live inside of her body. It is an incredible performance. And Judy Davis plays Hedda Harper. And another uh, uh, actress of note uh, that's really doing a great job is uh, Catherine Zeta-Jones is playing Olivia de Havilland. And um, it's, it's getting really uncanny. But what's great about the show that I wasn't prepared for 
was the arc. The show has gone, it started with uh, the uh, how the whole kind of genesis of uh, whatever happened to Baby Jane even happening. But it's moved past that. The, the, sh- the movie has already been completed because in real life they made the movie in a ridiculous like three weeks or something. Uh, and then... Oh, wow. uh, we're, uh, this past episode on Sunday was the uh, was Oscar night uh, because uh, famously Betty Davis was nominated for Best Actress and uh, Joan Crawford was nominated for nothing and because the woman could be called anything oh. but a good sport she went on a campaign to make sure that anybody I repeat anybody won the Oscar but Betty Davis and it was Ryan Murphy was just like, uh, I don't know, uh, uh, angels were guiding his fingers on the keyboard because the episode is just like, it, he can just already clear a place on his mantle for another Emmy because the thing is stellar. It is absolutely stellar. Great performances. And then one of the most interesting things about it is how looking at something that happened uh, over 50 years ago how little Hollywood has changed, how women become disposable at a certain age and uh, just can't get arrested. There aren't movies about women that aren't, you know, uh, ingenues. Uh, and and it was just when you see what, how things play out and uh, what the studios do behind the scenes, uh, it seems very similar to what happens today. We found out when uh, 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 Sony got hacked and a lot of those emails got released. It's uncanny in how timely uh, this story about two women that takes place over 50 years ago, how uh, how resonant it is for today. Wow. Wow. This 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 is making me want to watch. You know, we get so busy with everything we have to watch, but I'm actually going to take a look at this. Where can we find it? It is on FX, and you can watch it uh, with the FX app. And I guarantee it's going to be on Netflix as soon as the the, the show ends. And one of, what one another great thing about this show is it's only an eight episode series, so it's not a huge commitment. You can uh, experience the whole thing in just eight short episodes. One other thing is the production values. The the, the attention to detail you are transported back in time to the uh to the early 60s it's incredible uh everybody uh involved with this you can see there's so much love uh put into every episode wow well what i like about this is that it's different you know there of course are period pieces on now but there's nothing that really deals with a feud in Hollywood or a feud at all. I think this is really unique and it's really special. So I am going to check it out. Yeah. And anybody that, if you love Hollywood, old movies or watch TCM, uh, there are there's no one from that period that doesn't get i mean there's frank sinatra so many people get skewered and the behind the scene uh things that we've never known are revealed and what's really great is uh that a lot of these things have been fact checked uh in so many articles in like vanity fair and uh los angeles times because a lot of these stories are new to people and they had no idea and yes all these things have been documented these shocking things that ha- take place in the show have been documented through uh many uh different autobiographies uh and uh memoirs so it's really really good stuff feud check it out 
All right, so it's now time for our weekly review. And our weekly review is... Every week we, if you're if you're new to TV channeling, every week Tachi and I uh, review a show that we are both watching, and we always watch at least two episodes of that show. And this week is no different. Uh, this week we are reviewing uh, Netflix's Thirteen Reasons Why. It's actually uh, based on a 2007 novel. And I'm going to give you a little uh, bit of a synopsis about the uh, show, and then Tachi and I will talk about it. Clay Jensen is a somewhat shy high school student, uh, returns home from school one afternoon to find an unmarked package sitting on his doorstep. He opens the shoebox and finds 13 cassette tapes recorded by the late Hannah Baker. Hannah uh, was his classmate and not-so-secret crush, who recently committed suicide. On the tapes, Hannah names the 13 people who each played a role in her death, giving uh, 13 reasons why she took her own life. Clay soon uh, learns that he is one of the 13 reasons mentioned on the tapes. What he doesn't know is he is not the only one with a copy of the tapes. So, Tachi, what did you think of 13 Reasons? Well, first of all, this is not typically the type of show I would watch. You know how difficult it was for me to watch Riverdale because I'm not into the whole teen drama thing. Not since I stopped watching Beverly Hills 90210. So the whole teen drama thing is was kind of lost on me so i wasn't sure that i was going to like it i thought though that it was interesting the way i like the way they titled the episode so they do it in terms of the tapes which makes sense so it's like what tape one side one something like that the way they they name the episodes so i thought that was really clever and i thought i think that the plot is really brilliant i think it's brilliant and I, I'm in love with the idea that she's using old technology, like cassette tapes and maps. So she went kind of old school with that. And I kind of liked that, that whole thing. So it's interesting. Um, what, what, um, I did, well, okay. So before that, I also like the fact that it kind of goes between current and flashback and you don't really ever get confused because you know that, it's current when he has that kind of gash on his head from falling over his bike. Or yeah, I thought that was really clever bike. too to basically mark uh, to mark Clay so we can tell when we're flashing back uh, uh, Clay because he's uh, basically early on in the uh, first episode he is in a bike accident and so he's always got like when when, when we're at current day he has a bandage on his head <laughs> when it's not current day his face is pristine. Exactly, exactly. So I thought that that was uh, brilliant, that part of it. I, to me, because, you know, I actually went up to episode six because I just kept watching. You were always so conscientious, Tachi. (laughs) Well, because I want to see, you know, you just get lost in it and you want to see what happens. I will say this, though. If the plot was not structured the way it was, where you needed to continue watching to see what was happening and what was unfolding, I probably would not have been as captured by it. The fact the, the overwhelming thread of the entire thing is the fact that there are these 13 individuals and there, there are these tapes and that 
and you need to keep listening to hear what's what and you're wondering well who's responsible for this well did you listen to the tape you keep wondering so it makes you want to watch and that was a brilliant plot device by the writers definitely on my own though i probably if it was not structured like that i probably wouldn't have kept watching because i'm like okay another teen drama that's that's interesting that's but it does get to me by episode five it starts to take a turn a little bit and starts to get real if if that makes any sense so not that it wasn't real but you see you see a difference in the characters and a difference in the writing by the time it gets to episode five and it becomes less about here's this vendetta you better listen or you it will just get worse you know that type of thing and it, it gets deep into the whole thing like okay now the pair Hannah's parents have decided they're gonna sue and they're gonna go full out in suing you see uh the writing you know they've developed the story by you seeing the writing on the wall and you're not sure because you keep hearing well they're just gonna believe what Hannah says so I'm like at some point is she lying is she imagining this is she you know what I'm saying so it's it's interesting to see what what is happening or what is going to happen with her so you know that's where i am well the, well the, i just want to point out the writing on the wall that tachi's talking about is graffiti uh that was written in the uh, bathrooms about hannah uh at one point and um okay tachi i wasn't sure how to broach this but why don't you ask me how many episodes of the show i watched kevin how many episodes of the show did you watch 13 Oh, so you went to the end. I, you were right. It basically this is the potato chips of uh, episodic television, because, right. because uh, the whole Netflix model gives you ability to just like binge watch. And after I watch, you know, normally what we do is we watch two episodes here, and uh, I all I could think back is to when we had when we reviewed Lemony Snicket's. Spoiler alert. It took all the strength I had to get through those two hours. <laughs> it was like, it was torture. It was absolute torture. Anybody who's ever seen A Clockwork Orange, I basically needed those guys to strap oh. me down and to use, <laughs> to and use the metal clamps to hold to my eyes, eyes open, open. Yeah. <laughs> to get me through that show. But this show, I could not stop watching. I watched all 13 episodes in two days. In two days, I could not stop watching it. And I actually stopped watching it the first day. I stopped watching it um, after I think I got to episode, I think, um, eight. Because there's like something really, the show gets really dark. It gets really dark. And I, one of the things about uh, the character Hannah that's really clever about the way she was written and the actress uh, who plays her, uh, Catherine uh, Langford. You fall in love with this girl. You, I feel like you really fall in love with her and you're invested in her and you care about her. And even though at the very beginning we already know that she's dead, she tells us from the when right. we hear her in voiceover when we're when he's when Clay is listening to the tapes, she's letting you know that she's that you're hearing you know she's talking from the grave beyond. She's past tense, but when you flash back and you see her and you see uh, these you know events unfold around her, it just it gets rough. And towards the end of it, it just gets really really real. And um, it was a lot rougher than I had ever thought it would have been. 
Yeah, you know, the, the interesting thing is, uh, again, I have, I was not superstar like Kevin and went to the end, but I'm up to episode six now. And like I said, there seems to be a change in, in the writing and a, and a change in the feel of the show. So it's starting to feel less like high school kids and more like just general people problems. Does that make sense? Oh, it absolutely it, it, does. It, it, I was shocked at how many things that the show touches on. I mean, the, sh- the show uh, touches on class differential. Um, there's a part where they deal with race because the show is actually um, very, uh, the casting is, the cast is very diverse. There are Asian kids at the school. There are black kids at the school. And of course there's white kids. Um, and for good bit of it you feel like race isn't an issue and then uh someone basically mentions that you know to to this other kid like hey you know that the that there are two sets of rules here for what i can get away with and what you can get away with and i was like oh i wasn't prepared for that and and then there's this issue with hannah's parents business they uh have a a a a small pharmacy uh, drugstore and then some kind of like Walmart kind of a a business comes to town and her parents are distracted because they're basically dealing with going up against a juggernaut and they are going down. They're losing their business uh, may go, uh, they may lose their business and their savings and they actually have to downgrade their house. They have to move from the house they were originally living in to uh, a not so nice neighborhood uh, because of the fact they're they have they're they're losing customers to this uh you know big box store. Wow. Well, yeah. Th- and those are that's what I'm talking about. Those are like real people problems. It's not just. Uh, I I think you started to see the change when they started really talking more about Hannah's parents and the story. You know, so you see their end of it too and what's going on. So and it's not just a high school. Drama. Well, also, to- I will say this. Go on. Oh, go ahead. Oh, go ahead. I was going to say, but also, okay, I thought on. that the way that Clay's parents were played and especially his mother um i was surprised at how real because normally when it comes to these kinds of any kind of high school thing the parents are like an afterthought and the parents are basically either completely absent where we never see the parents or their parents are just completely clueless and these parents were not absent and they were not completely clueless so that was set them apart from you know tv parents and teen in teen dramas you know since forever yeah, absolutely. You're, you're absolutely right. I, I will say this, though. Even though the cast and the school is very diverse, I can tell that the writers are not diverse uh, simply because of the way they do something. So it's not enough to have your, you know, I kind of use the same analogy with like, you know, I'm a professor. And so the last school I was at, they were always talking about, oh, we're so diverse and not. It was actually deemed a hispanic serving institution i'm like that's nice but the faculty looks like one thing so it doesn't do any good to have all that diversity at the bottom if the top still has the same old ideas and some of the things that i noticed were like okay did did the uh guy did he have to be named marcus that is such a stereotypical black name. And it is a name. There are a lot of people named Marcus, but they went for like the name that, yeah, we'll name him Marcus. Really? Okay. So that was one Wait thing. Wait a minute. Marcus, also, Marcus was the student body president and valedictorian. And you're going to, and you're going to focus on the fact that his name was Marcus. 
But no, because the thing is, you throw it all away when you name him, name him Marcus. You see what I'm saying? It's like he could have had any other name, but they went with that name. So it's like that still labels him as black, if that makes any sense. So you, when you talk about the student body president, oh yeah, what's his name? Marcus, black. You see that already. You know what I'm saying? So you need to try, to me, they could have tried a little bit harder. Although there are plenty of people named Marcus. But you know what? Yes, there was, I, I would I agree it. with you if, uh, there were, there were two other uh main black characters there was jessica who was black uh or biracial and then there was also sherry who was uh black and so i again if if they had you know you know somewhat stereotypical names i would agree with you but the idea that marcus who happened to be the student body president and uh valedictorian i think i feel like it's a good message that yes your name can be marcus uh and you can be the student body president so i, I didn't have a problem with okay that. i'm glad you took it that way i'm glad you took it that way that's another way of looking at it i thought that was just like kind of we'll just call him marcus that's just me so i um also the thing with uh okay tony or anthony his friend he's latino he lives in a not great neighborhood. That's not necessarily, to me, it looks fine, but, you know, according to him from his own mouth, you know, well, you know, in my neighborhood, you kind of deal with things X, Y, Z. You know, there is, so there's definitely class him. distinctions. They, we, we, we're, we learn in that town that there, there is a moneyed part of the town and then there's a not moneyed part of the town. Not moneyed part. But did he have to be a DJ too? When it came to remember the uh, the school dance that they yeah, okay, had, but, but, okay, of let's, course he's the one that's. All the right, DJ. well, let's be really real here. Okay, um, uh, okay. his character is also gay, so <laughs> there's basically the the two DJ. His character the dance is gay. We're both gay guys, so is that because is it were they both basically DJing the the winter formal because they happen to be gay? I I don't know. Uh, well, yeah, no, that, well, that's a, that's another thing, and yeah. Well, it's that's funny, Tachi, but you know what? What, I, what you I wish is, I wish you had seen the whole series because I have really uh, been struggling with what I was going to talk about on during this review. Because seeing, having seen the whole series, there are some really controversial things, in my opinion, that happen uh, in the uh, towards the end of this series uh, and on the thirteenth episode that really upset me. I mean really upset me and so since you haven't seen it we can't talk about it and i question even talking about because i don't want to spoil anything uh for anyone who hasn't seen the show or that may, might be planning on seeing it but the, <laughs> if you think that though the issues about basically you know a, a a person of latin descent being a dj at a high school dance <laughs> or uh the and driving a souped up mustang and old but you, you know um, what i'm saying it's uh, just... or the uh the uh, uh, the fact that the the black student body president and valedictorian is named Marcus, you have seen nothing. You see nothing, Tachi. Yeah. Oh, well, I'm I'm going to wait and and see. But this is this is my other issue with the show. This is more of a a real world issue that there could be the propensity for real world application. And that's the risk that you run whenever you talk about or have a show and script it with difficult subjects. Copycatting. You know, you know what I'm saying? So that this is that's something that's a real 
concern, and I'm wondering how they got around that. Well, it's interesting that you say... I know how they got around it because it's pay, but let's be real. You know, we all know that uh, teenagers watch Netflix and they could easily get to this type of show. Oh, this is definitely... Um... Uh, I think something that teens would want to watch. Um, I, in fact, I really, um, this is going to sound like one of those kind of uh, things that people say, but I think in this is, this needs to be said. Um, if you are a parent of a teenager, I think it's something you'd want to watch with them. It's not going to be comfortable at points. It's not going to be fun, but I do think it's going to garner some discussions that need to be had. I mean, some stuff goes down in this uh, in this show that's really dark, that's really messed up, and I think that if you have a a, a teenage a teenager, um, especially I feel like a daughter, but also no, that I mean, in both cases, a a daughter or a son, there are some things that need to be discussed. And I don't see how you can come away from this series without having a lot to talk about. Yeah, absolutely. I think it's, it would be cool to use as a discussion point. Like you said, it would not be comfortable at all. For the parent or the child, <laughs> but, no, it but it, but it needs I, to be said, and I do need to uh, add a warning. Okay, there is graphic language and there is uh, some nudity uh, in this as well. Yes, so this is not something for tweens, probably. Yeah, the that nudity, you would... oh, but, the, but the nudity you know is pretty brief, and you know what? That's one thing that's funny. In twenty in uh, twenty seventeen, it's just like I don't even know if nudity is an issue because if if any of these kids have access to Google. I don't know, <laughs> just like, oh, God. what could they possibly have not seen? <laughs> Nothing is sacred, <laughs> so <laughs> I'm just going to let you do your... Uh... Well, anyway, I, Tachi, I do look forward to uh, talking with you uh, after you've seen the rest of the show, because we have, we're going to have lots to discuss, and I really want to hear your opinion on it. Now, you might be angry at me when you hear about my views on some of the stuff that goes down, but I would... I'm really curious to hear what you think. And one of the things that, that's amazing about the show, even though I have some definite issues with the ending and uh, what happens, uh, the way Hannah's character is presented and some of the decisions she makes, I've, I have a real huge problem with. And if anybody who's actually seen the series, I want to talk with somebody. I'm desperate to talk with somebody who's seen the whole thing. If you want to message me on Twitter, I would love to hear what you thought of it. But, um, the show is created like some kind of Swiss watch. The precision and the way the story is told and the way the events interlock like, you know, uh, like uh, uh, cogs, it is amazing. It's, it's, it's damn good uh, writing as far as and story plotting. It's done incredibly well. But I have some real problems uh, with the end of it. So uh, without any further ado, let's cut to the chase. So, Tachi, are you going to keep watching 13 Reasons or are you going to change the channel? So, I'm going to keep watching because I want to see what happens. Like I said, if it wasn't structured the way it was, I probably would not, you know, two episodes would have been it for me. But because of the fact that you kind of do need to keep watching to see what happens, uh, and the fact that it gets better to me after ap- episode five, where and there are important, as we talked about, there are important things that teenagers need to know and parents need to know. I think I think I could forgive it for that. So I'll keep watching just because I want to see what what happens. All right. Well, it it seems kind of anticlimactic for me to say I'm going to keep watching when I've already said I've watched the whole series. <laughs> 
<laughs> so yes, you love that I'm gonna keep. I'm not gonna keep watching because I've already watched it. So, but yeah, I'm, I've watched the whole thing. And um, even though watching. the Hannah story is very much over with, I feel like they clearly left the door open at the very end uh, for another story. So I, I wouldn't be surprised. Oh. with the kind of buzz that this show is getting, I would not be surprised um, if we visit this high school again. I do want to say one other thing oh, as a just a little predictive kind of thing. So um, if okay. this goes well, then I will be uh, gloating and we will uh, I'll be playing this clip years from now. If not, it'll be buried and you'll all forget I said this. But this show has been a star <laughs> turn for three characters and three actors. And I predict big things. Uh, Dylan uh, Minette, who plays Clay Jensen. Uh, uh, Catherine uh, Langford, who plays Hannah Baker. And um, uh, Alicia Bow, who plays Jessica. I believe those actors, we're going to be seeing a lot of them and their, and their whole huge careers that they have in front of them are all going to be traced back to 13 reasons why wow well and what an eventful uh show to have your career traced back to (laughs) well i I do think that this show it's being talked about for a reason even though obviously like i told you i am not happy with the ending by any stretch um but uh it's definitely got something to say there's no denying that and it's such a stark contrast you talking you mentioned riverdale earlier riverdale is like such is, is this incredibly stylized kind of like fictional uh kind of like 50 slash today kind of world they created that's so campy and stuff like that whereas 13 reasons why just it was so i'm so upset about the ending and uh some of the uh episodes that lead up to the very end because it felt so real so many of the moments you feel as if you're eavesdropping or you're you know you're you're looking over someone's shoulder and it really is uh upsetting because you do you care for this hannah character and you care for a lot of these other kids and to see how things unfold uh it's it's very well done i can't deny it even though i'm not happy about the end you're you're right you you do you do make a connection with hannah and you feel sorry when all you know things happen and events unfold you really do identify with her they've made her a, a character that you can identify with regardless of what your experiences have been and at the very least you empathize you know with her and you're like ah that's too bad you know but yes i want to keep watching because I want to see... Oh, there is one other thing that I wanted to mention about this. Have you seen the uh, the indie film Brick? No, I have not. It was from, like, 2007. This feels like Brick, like the first few episodes. Brick had... Um, what's his name from Third Rock from the Sun? Um, uh, Joseph Gordon-Levitt. Oh, wow, I have not and, seen that. Yeah, he stars in it. And also... Oh, why can't I ever remember her name? She's like the quintessential round the way girl she was in um she's she's been in a bunch of stuff married a minister now <laughs> i'm sure her um, agent used it she's the quintessential round the way girl she is she is she really is she always has her lip gloss is always fantastic <laughs> uh megan 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 good megan, megan good. good so <laughs> yes megan good is in it too <laughs> 
I'm sure she <laughs> you know what that, and she's gonna be telling all her friends, "Oh my god, you're not gonna believe it." Tachi called me the quintessential round the way girl. <laughs> she's gonna have T-shirts. We made love up. you though, Megan. Yes, we love you though, Megan. So this movie, it's a, it's a, it's not even a short though. It's a a, a feature length film, and it is rather than a suicide, there's a, a murder. And they're all teens in high school. And it has that same... I'm like, what does this feel like? Ah, Brick. Brick was excellent, by the way. So wow. you should check it all out. All right, a little, another hidden gem. <laughs> so check, see if that's available on Netflix. And again, uh, 13 Reasons Why is available for streaming on Netflix. And all 13 episodes are, are available. That I can contest to. He can tell you for damn sure because he watched all 13. All right, well, we had 13 reasons why, and now, unfortunately, we have one more reason why we have to go, because the show is pretty much over. You know what? (laughs) I like how you just slid that in. (laughs) And it was such a pleasure to be with you, Kevin, as usual. And thank you to all of you, because you are the reason that we keep doing this, because you keep listening. We are really humbled and honored that you take the time out every week to listen. Yes, we are a weekly podcast that you take the time out every week to listen to what we have to say about tv film and pop culture and i'm going to let tevin kevin tevin kevin tell you <laughs> oh my god you don't know me you don't tevin. know my name well as you said he's unimportant so what does that say about you? <laughs> oh, anyway all right. all right i'm looking for a new co-host anyway. i'm looking for a new co-host you know what you know what? Nobody's going to take the job because they know I'm just too flat. <laughs> that would never work. <laughs> so um, I'm going to let Kevin tell you about where you can find us. All right. Um, find you on social media? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. We are available everywhere. We are on Facebook. We are on Snapchat and we're on Instagram and we are on Twitter and we are TV channeling everywhere. Absolutely. And you can also check us out on several different platforms. You can listen to us via SoundCloud, Stitcher, we're on iTunes, and we are also on Podbean. But if you just go to tvchanneling.com, it takes you right to Podbean and you can listen straight away. And we also do this cute little thing during the week, don't we? Yeah, TV Kevin? Channeling Rewind, that is available on Anchor, on the app anchor.fm. And you can follow uh, both of our radio stations. You can follow my station, uh, No Malone Radio, and you can follow Tachi's station. Yes. Which is called. Fantastic. So that. Oh, yeah. Tachi. (laughs) (laughs) Actually, I think I changed it to Tachi. I know. I think I changed it to Tachi, comma, of Mediascope because it was just Tachi before. And I just changed it, so I added media school. Yeah, so... But if you look up Tachi, there's no other Tachi. All right, so anyway, uh, we do a show on uh, Anchor called uh, uh, TV Channeling Rewind, where Tachi and I talk about uh, one particular episode of a show we're both watching. And recently, we have been talking scandal. In the past, we've we've had a really huge moments of dignity where we discussed the Real Housewives of Atlanta. So <laughs> if you want to hear Tachi and I go in depth and go hard at a show you've got to check our, our tv channeling uh rewind out 
One thing I wanted to say is uh, it would really help us out if you would hit the subscribe button on iTunes or wherever you happen to be listening to us. We love it when you subscribe. And that way, whenever we do a special or whenever the latest episode drops, you will be the first to know. And also, it would help us out if you want to do a review. If you like what you're hearing, if you're enjoying the show, please uh, do a review and let the world know how you feel about TV channeling. And if you're not enjoying what we're doing and you don't like the show, why the hell are you still listening? Why'd you listen to the whole thing if you didn't like it? Come on. Come on. Exactly. You can change the channel. (laughs) You can change the channel. So, but we do appreciate you, and please consider leaving a review and subscribing to the podcast. And that about does it for us for this week, another wonderful week, episode 14 of TV Channeling. So I guess we'll see you next week. Until then, I'm going to say goodbye from Tachi. And goodbye from Kevin, because if you're watching it, we're talking about it. Cheers. Bye.